We want to welcome Jonathan Hislop, who works as a recruiter for Wayfair based out of Boston. Additionally, has started JRH Consulting to help people with career advice and how to land their dream job. He's here to talk to us about how he got started, what it's like working at Wayfair, and how to stay relevant in this current job market. So, welcome to the show. So great to have you on, Jonathan. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. This is awesome. No problem. No problem. So, I mean, I kind of gave you a bit of like, you know, a bit of a brief background of where you're coming from. But hey, if you want to, you know, get into who you are and what you're all about and how'd you, you know, well, yeah, essentially, who yeah, are, yeah, yeah, who are you? Great. I can't even talk tonight. Let's go. Yeah, no, go problem, for it. no problem. We're so excited. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited too. This is this is awesome. It's a great experience. Um, so um, I, Jonathan, obviously, I originally grew up in Toronto, Ontario, um, moved to the States, the United States when I was about 12, um, basically have been in Boston ever since. Um, I went to a small school called LaSalle University. I studied um, with, graduated with two majors in marketing and business management. Um, quickly after that, I went into um, a recruiting role. Uh, my dad had actually done something similar similar to that. Um, you know, I'd done internships in different HR um, specific stuff, but recruiting is really kind of um, you know where I fell in. And now I currently work at Wayfair. I've been there for the last um, almost three years. It'll be three in September. And um, now, you know, just over the last couple of weeks over quarantine, I basically have been, um, you know, starting my own consulting um, company just to be able to really help people, um, you know, be able to just have more knowledge about how they can build their brand. So that's a little background about myself. Nice. So you said you said you went and graduated from LaSalle University or college. Again, this whole Canadian American thing, I get this screwed up all the time. I know. It, it is definitely <laughs> weird. Because <laughs> college means something different in Canada versus like, yeah. you know, versus university. So I totally get it. Yeah. Perfect. So, so graduating from LaSalle. So again, I m- totally missed, may have missed this. So what did you graduate with coming out? And what do you think yeah. helped you to be able to get that job at Wayfair? For sure. So I graduated from business with business management. So two majors technically, and in the States, you can do a double major. Um, I'm not sure if that's the case in Canada. I'm sure it is. But um, so I graduated with business management and marketing um, because a lot of the classes overlapped. And then I just had to take some extra um, you know, couple semester uh, courses. So I graduated with business management and marketing. Um, specifically what helped. So I actually didn't start at Wayfair. I, had a, I started a company called um, Healthcare Source, which is like a... Uh, mid-size, about 300-person software company. Um, and then basically was at another um, networking event, essentially, and, you know, actually recruiting for Healthcare Source. And I happened to meet uh, the person who would be my former boss. And we connected over time. Um, and then basically, you know, I was open to new opportunities. And uh, she had reached out. And basically, the rest is history. Um in regards to kind of what has been helpful, I think um, just an overall understanding of business definitely helps when it comes to um, just working at Wayfair. You know, Wayfair is a very dr- data-driven um, environment. And so, you know, a lot of what we do is um, driven by numbers and being able to really build a case for yourself um, is really important and being able to use data. So business management marketing, it's all about that and, and learning about that. So that, that has been really helpful for me. I think that's awesome. And something I've actually kind of curious about, uh, you talked about there with working at Wayfair is 
you know, it's been relatively documented that Wayfair's kind of been going through a bit of a tough time, uh, you know, financially, business-wise. Uh, has that made you feel uncertain at all, especially going into COVID and uh, you know, kind of having, you know, are you worried about having a job when it's all said and done, or, you, or do you think you know Wayfair is really coming through and pulling through? Yeah. So, you know, originally um, I don't have really any particular worries. Um, The main reason, you know, we've actually been doing very well, Um, you know, over, you know, our stock has been able to grow. Um, We've been able to, um, you know, really see a lot of like basically our, you know, our revenue is just growing at an exponential rate. Our investor relations page has like all of that information. But I think what um, you know, really allows me to feel secure in, um, you know, Wayfair just in general, I think is that the model is going, you know, naturally the world is going to online, you know, and I think a lot of what is intriguing about Wayfair is that it's driven a lot by technology, um, just as a whole, like, you know, the company was started by two software engineers, which is documented, um, And so they're always looking for ways to really innovate when it comes to the home goods market. So, you know, and it's a large company. It's been through uh, the test of time. So I'm not particularly worried. I think, you know, one thing I've definitely learned from just COVID and um, things in general is, you know, to make sure that you keep a level head and you can control what you can control. Um, But in regards to the company itself, I think it's, um, you know, it's a a great company. I think it's going to continue to to grow. That's great. Those are some... Oh. So go for it. Sorry. I'll tell you. I was going to say those are some really good points about the, you know, adapting during COVID and stuff like that. And I guess one question I have, especially where you are in recruiting, is is there going to be or do you expect there to be a change in what's presented to potential candidates in workplace benefits rather than the stereotypical nice cafe and beanbags? Do you think there'll be a transition to remote leadership and remote working as a 24 seven opportunity. Is that going to be something that you see more present in your business at Wayfair? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not really particularly sure like the long-term goal of Wayfair. Obviously COVID has made us, um, you know, like obviously all go remote. I think what's great about Wayfair is naturally, um, you know, it's a collaborative culture and, you know, basically people are, you know, they, it's all about connecting. It's, it's all an inter, um, you know, kind of interwoven team, you know, it's, it's a very collaborative environment. So naturally, um, you know, remote can, can cause, um, you know, some, you know, roadblocks with that. I think, you know, I think Wayfair is an adaptable place and I, I'd love to see where it goes. Um, you know, I think that like they are, um, you know, I think they've, they've realized in a lot of ways, like, you know, where the market is going, especially like in my world where it's engineering, like it is remote, um, you know, and so we do have current remote employees, uh, but it's not like a, a wide across um, standard practice yet because specific teams obviously need to be, you know, working with warehouses, which are like within the state, um, you know, or, you know, within our physical retail store. So I think it kind of varies. Um, but I think what's great about Wayfair is, you know, I think they're always like I said, heavily data driven, like they're always looking at data to be able to decide like, what is the ways that we can remain competitive as well as be able to adhere to the business uh, needs. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's, I think the data driven piece is, is really crucial there as well, because it's nice to know that there are places that are still looking at what people are genuinely saying, and then turning that into an actionable item and talking that over with their team. So I think that's really cool to hear. 
yeah, definitely. So I got a question as well. I know you, you I'm not expecting it. Like you didn't know the answer mainly is kind of spitballing here because you know, who knows it's going to be at the other end of this COVID stuff. But, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, you, you would have seen Shopify saying we're staying remote, you know, and that's a huge company. Um, do you think Wayfair may end up turn around doing the same thing? Um, that's a great question. I'm not I'm not particularly sure. I think it kind of varies by team. Um, you know, what's great is that the talent management team has like which is like our kind of HR um, team, you know, naturally, like I mentioned before, we are an in office culture. I think the goal is most likely to try and get back in the office. I don't really know, um, you know, but I think like, you know, I think they're, they've been really great about being like sensitive towards what the needs are and making sure that there's a risk, you know, Wayfair employs, I forget how many it is in the Boston office, but it's like over 5,000 people, you know? So naturally COVID can spread pretty rapidly, um, you know? And I think that, uh, but what's been encouraging is that even though we've been fully remote, like, the business has still been able to be efficient. It's still been able to be, um, you know, really um, like really just effective and like agile. And so, you know, it could, it could change. Um, you know, it's definitely above my pay grade to actually like give a definitive answer. But I think, you know, with them seeing that with, you know, leadership seeing like, wow, the company is still able to operate at a pretty high level. Um, you know, that's, I think a great, um, you know, a great thing that, you know, could potentially lead that in the future. It definitely opens their mind for sure. I think I have a, a more of an opinion question. Are you more of a fan of the Zoom meeting or are you a fan of the let's connect as a team in a boardroom and really sort things out together? Is there one that you've learned? Have you learned throughout COVID that you like the traditional boardroom like connectedness or are you a fan of the digital Zoom era? Is there one that's sticking out more um, that's more appealing to you? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, so I think I think I, I'm kind of a hybrid. Like you know, I think I've really appreciated this time in COVID. That's allowed me to, um, you know, obviously the circumstances are not great, but I think specifically professionally, you know, being able to have the flexibility of not running meeting to meeting um, is huge. Um, I think one thing that I do miss about specific face to face is the energy. You know. A lot of times, specifically in recruiting, like helping lead a team, you know, I'm kind of feeding off the energy of other people. And so being able to, uh, you know, kind of see their faces and, and work collaboratively with them, you know, that's naturally, uh, you know, something I go to as an extrovert. In addition to, I think it allows a lot more creative, um, you know, if, if we're trying to problem solve, you know, you're not having to worry about internet connection or different things like that. So I think for me, I do prefer in person, but I've also come to appreciate the um i've come to really appreciate the uh like you know virtual zoom meetings we use google meet but uh same thing product placement no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, <laughs> so here, this is another just random question off the top of my head so i guess how big is your team that you currently work with yeah um so like recruiting wise, you know, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. I, it's probably over a hundred, um, you know, about a hundred, maybe over a hundred recruiters. Um, so you guys all connect via like a Google Hangout. Well, that's not in my direct team. That's like the whole talent org. Probably I'm gotcha. directly, um, probably like 10 to nine, nine to 10. Um, okay. That's less manageable. 
So yeah, we work in, we work in like the environment is really to work in small teams. Um, you know, we work in like kind of smaller teams and break down, you know, specific, you know, cause obviously the company is very large and they're large teams. And so we want to make sure that we can break out to specific, um, you know, kind of what we call pods to basically be able to align with the needs of the business. Nice. I mean, yeah. And that, that's usually, I've seen a lot of businesses kind of transition to that is just trying to tackle things in smaller teams because essentially that's just people feel more focused upon um, and they can yeah, do better work when they're in kind of a smaller you know, group of people. Totally. Um, so when you were transitioning from, you know, college, university and, you know, applying to jobs was, you know, in your mind was Wayfair your only option or do you have other, uh, sorry, you did an internship, right? So I actually, yeah, I had my first job out of college was actually not with Wayfair. It was okay. with a, a smaller software company called Healthcare Source and then through Wayfair. I actually wasn't even looking at the time when, um, you know, I had uh, basically reached out to Wayfair or Wayfair had, you know, my uh, former boss had reached out to me, um, you know, so it wasn't even like kind of an only choice. I think I was looking for a place that could, I could grow my career. I could be long-term. Um, and I've definitely found that in my current company for sure. Nice. And so how do you feel like, you know, since, you know, you said you're coming up on three years now, how do you feel like your role has evolved since, you know, your first day walking through those doors? Yeah, definitely. You know, that's, what's great about this, um, you know, is this place is that, you know, Wayfair is a place that you're really allowed to be able to collaborate, um, and, and kind of grow in the, in the, um, you know, in your responsibility. And I know it sounds like, you know, wow, they the Wayfair trained him, but it's not, it's like, you know, it's so true. Um, you know, I think when I started there, um, you know, I was working on like kind of one specific team and I was focusing on one specific type of role. And then, you know, as I was able to prove myself, they gave me a couple more roles, um, you know, and being able to, you know, what you call source, which is basically like looking for candidates and, um, you know, offer negotiation, different things like that. And then, um, you know, as time has gone on, now my role has expanded where, you know, now I'm using data and like building reports that I'm sending to stakeholders, you know, to be able to say, hey, here's our pipeline. Here's what this looks like. Um, you know, I'm helping, you know, lead with stakeholder meetings and like, um, you know, being able to connect on, hey, here's some of the challenges that we're facing. Here's some of the things that are going great. Here's how we can replicate it. Uh, it's a lot of like, you know, it's become a lot more than just putting like butts in seats. It's become a lot more strategic. So like, what is the best way that we can attract talent at Wayfair? And it's not just reach out to a bunch of people. It's how do you build your brand? How are you able to, um, how can you get hiring managers involved? Um, so th those are just some of the different ways that, um, you know, I think like my role has expanded. It's, I think the biggest thing that I would say is like, I've gone from executing you know, becoming an executor to becoming a more strategic uh, type of thinker and executor. Absolutely. And I, I think there was a few key takeaways there. You mentioned the word leadership quite a bit. And I'm curious in your, when you first started compared to where you are now, and then compared to where you are now to where you want to go, have you been given, or at least do you see a direct line of sight to a potential leadership role? And is that something that you knew you would be interested in after leaving college was leadership always in the back of your mind or is that something yeah. that's just slowly being introduced to you? That's a great question, Dalton. Um, you know, I think I've always wanted to kind of, you know, be in leadership. Um, you know, I think I've seen it as something, you know, I understand that it's incredibly hard. I'm, 
very respectful of, you know, world leaders in any positions, you know, regardless of the criticism that they face, like it's, it's an immensely hard job, um, you know, and so, but it's definitely been something I've always been drawn to. I think I've always wanted to think, I think the thing that's always attracted me to leadership is being able to think on a strategic level and being able to really have an influence in the ability of seeing your organization grow. Um, I think with Wayfair, you know, Wayfair has been a great place, um, you know, specifically for that. I think I've learned so much from so many different people there. And it's great because I don't feel like the smartest person in the room. You know, I always feel like, wow, there are people here that I'm able to just learn from being able to, you know, really connect. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, it's very clear, you know, my, my first boss really taught me how to build a case for myself, you know, that I should be taken to the next, you know, how I can be moved to the next level by writing my accomplishments, writing ways that I can continue to grow throughout the whole quarter. You know, a lot of times when people get to reviews, they're kind of just like going towards the end, um, you know, and kind of just typing it all out, um, you know, right towards, um, you know, their review cycle, but being able to actually document your accomplishments throughout your whole time has really allowed me to be able to grow in the company. And I, you know, I'm just really grateful that I have an opportunity where I work at a company that allows, um, you know, a, a place like that or a culture like that. And again, it's always, you know, work culture is super important. Uh, but you mentioned earlier about how you were actually essentially leading stakeholder meetings. Mm -hmm. um, that's that can tend to be a pressure cooker situation. How, like, what do those meetings look like for you? And kind of how do you deal with the pressure of, you know, dealing with those meetings? Totally. Um, well, I can start with like what the meetings look like. I think the main things are like going through the pipeline, like what candidates are in process, um, you know, going through data. I like to have, um, you know, we kind of have a sourcing recruiting model. So we have people that are actually working on direct outbound messaging. And then, you know, I'm working on, I'm also doing that, but I'm also working more so on the negotiation stuff. And so being able to have them talk about, um, you know, uh, their specific, um, you know, their specific, uh, like types of data that they're doing. Um, so that's, I think, you know, kind of the main things of what we do, um, how I stay prepared. So one of the things is, or how I, you know, I'm able to handle a situation is always being prepared. So one thing I like to do is always send a pre-read, um, a pre-read just that talks about what the agenda of what we're going to do uh, that day uh, or, you know, for the meeting. I want to make sure that I'm absolutely optimizing, um, you know, the hiring manager's times. Um, and in addition to that, I just make sure I walk through and I come in prepared with everything. If I need to make sure, I, you know, I don't have any technical difficulties, I've tested it. Um, and that, in a sense, allows me to be able to feel a lot more prepared going into those um, meetings and not feel as much pressure. And, you know, over time, it just, you know, it just becomes easier, easier, and you build more credibility as you fill positions and you show, um, or if you don't, and you're explaining why and kind of what that means, you just build more credibility and that allows you to become a lot better at it. Yeah, those are some really good points, especially around the, the credibility and preparedness. You know, there's a lot that goes into getting ready for any situation. And I think that leads well into my next question, which is regarding, you know, obviously preparedness and credibility. And 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 you mentioned uh, building a brand quite a bit. Um, I kind of want to gauge what was your inspiration behind starting uh, JRH Career Counseling um, and, and the traction you've seen since starting that? Yeah, for sure. So really kind of what inspired me, I think ultimately my goal is really just to help people. Like I think... I love reading about jobs and just like the way that people can prepare themselves and like building a personal brand. And, you know, I've really just like 
it, it's just something I feel passionate about. You know, I feel passionate about sports as well, but um, I would say this comes, uh, you know, this comes pretty close, um, you know? And so I think that's really what drove me is like, you know, I think I wish that when I came out of college, I knew everything that I knew now. And I wish I had a platform or someone that could talk me through that as, you know, I'm going into the job search, um, you know, just in general, or, you know, if let's say I'm looking to make a career move, how do I do that? Well, those are all things I just, you know, I, I wish I just knew like coming into it or like even just make a transition from my first to second job. Um, and so that's really kind of why I started it. Um, in regards to the traction, you know, it's only been about a month and a half or so about a month. Um, but it's been really cool. I've had a lot of people reach out to me just like, Hey, I've been really loving your videos. Um, I've had people ask me direct questions. Um, I've helped actually work on, um, a couple different resumes. I'm actually going to be op opening that, um, in the next coming weeks as a, as a service is basically to help, uh, specifically with resumes and how to articulate yourself positively. And then, you know, I hope to expand and being able to be like an interview, um, you know, consultant, being able to coach kind of people one-on-one -on -one when they're handling interviews, if they really struggle with that. So that's kind of the main motivation. And that's kind of the traction, obviously, you know, being able to be on this. Um, you know, I, I also post content on like a bi-weekly basis, uh, basically, you know, talking about different subjects. So I've done things like applying for roles, how to ace a phone screen, how to leverage your network. Um, I think I did um, but those are, those are kind of these, you know, free content and being able to, and I've gotten such good reception. I think I've, you know, on LinkedIn, we've seen over 10,000 views of, you know, with all the videos combined. Um, you know, so it's, it's really cool being able to just see people really being receptive to the information that I'm providing. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think first and foremost is a, a huge kudos to starting your own business as I think Josh and I can relate to that's that's absolutely not an easy process. So I think Definitely huge not. round of applause, huge round of applause for, for taking that jump and, you know, putting yourself out there like that, because there's no part of entrepreneurship that that's easy. Um, you mentioned a couple good points there around platform and, and wishing that out of college you had the platform that you have now. Um, I want to gauge your opinion on how certain people take advantage of certain platforms. For example, there's a lot of pages on TikTok, obviously, um, where, for example, you know, Gary Vee is quite active on there. And there's a lot of pages like millennial, millennial mindsets and millionaire mindsets who have a lot of very strong, abrasive opinions around career and career growth. Um, what are, what are your thoughts hearing what they say and knowing what, you know, where, where do you kind of stand? Yeah. I mean, I think you can learn. I think a big thing that I've learned is that you can learn from everybody, whether you agree with them or not, like you can learn a perspective. Um, Gary Vee is, uh, you know, he's, he's very sharp. He's, he is, he is abrasive. <laughs> um, you know, he is, he is kind of aggressive, but I think he's incredibly smart. I think one thing that really sticks out is he specifically talks a lot about like, mentorship and growth and like learning from people that are better than you or like learning from people that have done what you've done so that are do have done what you want to do so that you're able to leverage them to be able to you know elevate your career and so that's something where i'm like i totally agree with you know i i definitely think that um you know that he he's he's very sharp uh you know when it comes to that um i think they're like I think you have to take everything with a grain of salt too. You know, when you look at the millionaire mindset and some of these other different programs, like you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like people may not be mentioning things that have helped them, you know, elevate in their career, elevate in their money. You know, they, they want to seem, everyone wants to seem self-made. 
but not, but it always takes somebody else to help you. Um, and so I'm a firm believer in that, but I do think that you can really take away a lot of great things from them. You know, I love, I love, um, millennial money by CNBC and, uh, millennial mindset. Like I love those because it's just like people that are so driven and so disciplined. And I think if you just apply that in, you know, in any facet of life, um, you know, I think you'll, you'll be able to be successful, but I also think, you know, making sure that you're not totally obsessed with comparing yourself to Gary Vee or, um, you know, Warren or Elon, or just a lot of these motivational guys, um, you know, right off the jump, but being inspired by them. So that, that's kind of what I would say for that. For sure. And I mean, like, let's get real, like, no one's gonna be touching Elon for generations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dude, <that> guy's <laughs> <That's true. laughs> definitely, uh, he's definitely out there, but he's a smart guy. Seriously, absolutely brilliant, man. Um, but I, I guess here's another question, because this is a, like, my next question mainly kind of is more of a selfish question on my end, because I've never, ever worked with the recruiter before. Um, I've never understood the benefit of it. Um, so I'm going to ask you that question. Like, what benefit does someone get with working with a recruiter? Totally. So I think the thing to first to clarify is that there are two different types of recruiters. There's third-party recruiters that work directly with, um, you know, or excuse me, a corporate recruiter works directly for the company. So that's a position that I'm in. I work directly for Wayfair. I represent Wayfair. Um, and then there's third-party recruiting. Third-party recruiters, they work for an agency that is helping the staffing needs of a company. So, you know, for instance, if let's say, let's say I worked at, I'm going to think of Zillow, um, and Zillow needs to hire, you know, 15 people off the bat, and they only have one recruiter, they might hire another third-party recruiting team to help with those needs. So those are, just to clarify, those are kind of differences. Um, I think, I think one, when working with a third-party recruiter, I think it can be great that, um, you know, a lot of people have great experiences and a lot of people have very bad, poor experiences. Um, and I think it depends on the type of person, the type of culture of which the agency, uh, you know, runs. But I think the positives are that, you know, they're connected. You know, if you, you're looking at a Robert Half, a Randstad, um, you know, those are really large companies and like staffing agencies that have a lot of clients. And so, you know, you can open yourself up to opportunities and they have different types of opportunities. You know, they can go from temp to perm or contractor or a full time. Um, so I think those are, you know, naturally, you know, um, things that, you know, you can work with a recruiter when it comes to like corporate recruiting. Um, you know, I think a big portion of it is you're getting a lot more from the source. And usually, you know, if it's a good recruiter, they're going to know a lot more about the position and they're going to be able to talk to you and give a more in-depth analysis on what it, the culture is like, what the position is like, what the team is like. Um, and so those, I think, are, you know, a, the big benefits uh, of what come when it comes to uh, recruiting. Um, so the, the one explaining the differences and two, um, able to, um, you know, kind of get the most out of both of them. Does that make sense? I don't know if that was like a windy uh, <laughs> answer. So apologies if it was. No, I think, I mean, that was a fantastic answer. And I really appreciate you taking the time to kind of break that down a little bit. I think the one thing I've also appreciated about, you know, the videos you've been uh, pushing, uh, putting out is essentially you making it simple. Uh, the fact that you're kind of hitting on like specific tips, specific things and actual items people can do, I think really adds to the positivity of all your videos. So I think that also obviously aids in, um, you know, such a great positive response in the first month and a half of doing it. Eh? Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Thanks for the feedback, man. Ain't no problem. Appreciate that. 
Yeah, go for it, Dalton. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, from what you said and, and like the knowledge that you bring to the table between potential candidate and potential employer, um, over the last week, I've actually been heavily dealing with a mortgage broker. And I can't mm-hmm. help but relate the two where he was the person I turned to for all of the knowledge. And he brought me to that end goal. Um, mm. And I can't help but get, obviously, at, at a much simpler version, in a way, it almost seems as though you're brokering people to positions or vice versa. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really cool way of looking at it is you're the person with a, a, a good broker anyway, understands the the knowledge on both sides as a as an employer and as a potential candidate. Totally. And I think that's super cool where you can lie in the middle and speak to both sides. Yeah, definitely. And that's, and that's a part of what I love about it. You know, I think specifically working for Wayfair and, you know, such a great company. I think one thing that is really cool is like, I get to learn more knowledge and like, it allows me, you know, my director, he's always given me, uh, you know, the answer. He's like, you want, you want the person talking the phone to think that you are like a part of that direct team because you can speak so well. You know, specifically, I work with engineers. He's like, you want this person to think you're an engineer or a product manager because of how well and in depth, you know, you know, your stuff. And so I think just that quest for knowledge and bettering myself is just like, it's so fun to me, you know, because it only makes me better. You know, as I go in more senior roles, I have to know more, you know, because, you know, these people, (laughs) they're busy. Um, And so if I can continue to show my credibility as that, like I can feel more close to the business and just feel, um, you know, better equipped when I'm speaking to different candidates. So. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I think those are, those are some really, really good points. Um, especially the part around, like you said, um, understanding your side of the Wayfair business and, and presenting yourself as though you are an engineer or a product manager, um, you know, presenting yourself in, in, in that way really can, can elevate the experience. Totally. Totally. I couldn't yeah. agree more. I just had one question, actually, just before Dalton kind of hits you with the, the next one there is uh, you talked about how you really the thing you love about Wayfair is the opportunity for growth. Um, so working as a recruiter, this is something I'm also curious about is how far can a recruiter go? Like how high do you think you can get? Totally. That's a great that is a great question. And a lot of people like <laughs> a lot of people are like, OK, you could just be a recruiter like go on, so on and so forth. Um, You know, my ultimate goal one day is to be a director of TA or talent acquisition. And so, you know, depending on the company, it, it, you know, that scale varies. So, you know, kind of the next step is, you know, becoming a senior recruiter and then you become a manager of a small team and then manager of two teams. And then you become an associate director, director, so on and so forth. Um, You know, a a VP, you know, that's probably the highest I would want to go. I've never really wanted to be, you know, an executive, I don't, you know, I don't know if I could, but, you know, I've never necessarily like being an executive has never really driven me. Um, you know, I, I, I love what I do, but I want to be able to stick in my space. Um, you know, I think that's how the highest that would go. So, you know, being a directing or, um, director of TA, it varies from position to position, uh, or like company to company, you know, the director of TA for Wayfair is he's doing an immense job, you know, like he, he, he's covering, you know, the hiring for, you know, a 15,000 person company, you know, so that's like, you know, he's dealing with strategy, he's dealing with data, he's dealing with budgeting, he's dealing with, um, you know, so many different things. Um, And so, 
it, you know, and so you're almost like the CEO of your org. Um, and that's, I think the highest that you can go. Now, some people, you know, there are some people that they just want to be like recruiting experts or they'll go independent themselves. And so there's kind of two different paths. Um, you know, you can either be, uh, you know, in, in the leadership path, uh, you know, which is like, you know, managing multiple teams and directing the vision. And then there's, you know, like a strict recruiter or sourcer that just wants to be heads down, diving in. Like, I just want to be able to like, you know, source the person or get the candidate in the seat. And that's the next thing. And so I think, you know, there's really kind of two different paths, but both I think are great. Um, you know, if you, if you decide to be an individual, you contribute your whole career, like you can work in executive recruiting and make a lot of money, you know, and it's very hard to find very good recruiters. Um, you know, and I think that's just because, you know, naturally it's not like, you know, being an engineer or, you know, there are not a lot of precursors, like anyone could just pick up and start being a recruiter. Um, you know, so making sure that you're a good one, like that takes time. Um, and you know, there's naturally a lot of people have bad interactions, uh, you know, depending on, you know, who they've worked with or different things like that. So overall, the kind of the two different, the two different lanes are, you know, director side and then, you know, or like leadership side and then like a high level individual contributor. So, yeah, that's, that's really cool to hear about the trajectory that you can see yourself taking within an organization only within three years as well, which three years is a long time, but for a fairly large company, sometimes three years can almost feel like a decade. So I think that's really, really cool. Uh, and it leads really well into the next, uh, to the last question I'd like to ask. Um, obviously to get to an end goal, there's a large portion of self-marketing. I'll use the, the term sort of right. branding yourself, putting yourself out there. So from, as from a recruiter standpoint, how does someone market themselves to their industry during the current, covid time the time of uncertainty um and has you has what your team been looking for in potential candidates changed due to covid totally um so i'll, I'll try to go one answer one each um or like one by one so i think the first question in regards to what someone can do to market themselves so i think really being active on linkedin is huge. Like, I, I don't think people really realize how amazing of a tool LinkedIn is if you use it correctly. Like, I'm still learning the capabilities, you know, I'm no expert, but um, even just liking a post on someone that, you know, is like a pretty, has a pretty large, like a Gary Vivos, uh, Vivos, Gary V post, um, you know, like something like that, like, you know, talking about that type of content or just posting things that you're learning um, in yourself, I, it's, it's an amazing tool that can, you know, just allow you to really be able to feed content. So I think one leverage your LinkedIn, um, you know, make sure that it's up to date, make sure that, um, you know, you're using it effectively connecting with, you know, as many people as you know, um, you know, it's not as Facebook or it's not as personal, right? Like you're only seeing one picture, um, and, um, connecting with as many people as you know, and really being an active person on it. Um, and, you know, LinkedIn is great because it tracks really fast. Like, you know, if I, if someone likes something else, I saw that they liked that, you know? And so I'm able to see kind of what their content is. So that's the first thing I would do. Um, you know, if you're depending on the industry, if you want to post your portfolio, if you want to, you know, show up side projects that you've been working on, um, those are definitely some things as well. Um, what's cool on LinkedIn, um, they actually have a feature called career recommend or, um, career. Oh, I forget what it's called. It's like, 
uh, career recommendations are like basically essentially like a mentorship thing. So, you know, I've actually found two of my, you know, very close mentors from LinkedIn directly. And so basically I just put in, um, you know, the type of industry of someone I would want to like be able to talk on the phone with and learn from and pick their brain. Um, and I found two people that are just, you know, so credible. They know so much knowledge of just about recruiting and leadership and different things like that. And that has really helped me because, you know, them knowing me, then like, you know, if they have an open role in their team or if they know somebody who's looking like, oh, I know Jonathan, he actually be perfect for this role. So you're connecting and you're leveraging your network. So that's, that's another thing that I think is really great about LinkedIn. Um, you know, and a way that you can build your brand at this time. I think that's probably going to be the best way um, that you can, at least on a professional level. Um, the second question, um, oh, has, has, has anything changed? Nothing particularly has changed. I think what naturally happens is that companies, you know, either they're being hit financially or, you know, some that are not, um, you know, they want to make sure that they're being conservative. They're hold, kind of holding tight to the rules. So maybe they're not necessarily growing their headcount, um, but they're more so just backfilling. Um, you know, that's that's kind of some situations across, you know, so many different tech, uh, you know, just companies in general, especially in tech. Um, and so I don't think anything has changed. I think something that people can do to be proactive is, you know, being targeted in your application search or like what you're doing. So if you're seeing that a company is thriving, you know, Amazon is hiring left and right, you know, um, you know, but like if you're seeing a company that's thriving this time, that company most likely, you know, if they're seeing their demand grow, they're most likely going to try to be hiring because they're trying to find out, okay, how are we going to be able to deal with all this mass? Now everyone is using our product tenfold. Um, and so being able to be strategic in the way that you apply can help, you know, be able to open yourself to new opportunities and stuff. So, Really long answer, but I, you know, I hope I covered everything, but that's kind of, you know, what I would say for that. No, I think that's a fantastic answer. And I think the one thing I've appreciated about our time uh, tonight is just the thought you've put into every question uh, and every answer. And so I really appreciate you giving your time uh, in that way. Uh, we super appreciate you doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. But I wanted to finish off with uh, one last kind of serious question, then one kind of not so serious question, kind of end on a lighter note. Uh, first question is, this kind of hit me while we were kind of talking, but what's it like at Wayfair working for a company that's in direct competition with the behemoth that's Amazon? I think what what's great about Wayfair is Wayfair doesn't try to do everything. They just try to do what they're good at. And that's home goods e-commerce. Um, you know, and so I think like, you know, Amazon, you know, Amazon is, you know, an amazing company. They're the might be the largest company in the world. I'm not sure, but they're definitely, you know, top five, top 10. Um, but Amazon, you know, they just acquire, you know, they go from Whole Foods to AWS. I think they're trying to acquire AMC. That's something I read the other day. Like they just cover all different aspects and they're just trying to basically grow the company essential, uh, like across so many different fronts. I think with Wayfair, I think what we've done is like, we're trying to build a customer base that is focused that is focused solely on like home goods and providing the best experience you know and i think that when you've been able to be in a market like this for you know 50 over 15 years you build that brand loyalty um you know and you essentially are able to talk about um you know you're able to build like oh i had a great experience with wayfair you know like oh that's something i'm gonna use um you know amazon has just started you know with their e-commerce um 
you know, they just basically started uh, their like home goods um, business. But, you know, this is something where we're experts in that, you know, we've studied this for a lot of years. And so I think what's great about this company is that like, they focus primarily on like what they're good at and like, like their niche and continue to expand in that, you know, we see, you know, the home goods market is just such a massive market. Um, you know, and as we continue to go digitally and online, there's just so much more that we can do. There's so much within that space that we feel like, you know, we can capture this and not have to worry about, you know, trying to go in other areas. So I, I hope that answers your question. No, it absolutely does. And, uh, and I really appreciate you putting your two cents on that. I was super curious. Um, but thank you so much for coming on tonight. And uh, thank you so much again for taking the time and uh, being so thoughtful with your time. It really does mean a lot to us. And uh, last but not least, this is the, this is the, I think this is kind of the most important question of, of the evening. Is Ronaldo or Messi? Ronaldo all day. <laughs> Ronaldo is the GOAT. He is the best player to ever live. For all those who don't know, I am a massive Ronaldo fan. Cristiano, if you ever see this, you know, you're the greatest ever. You're my favorite athlete of all time. Um, I literally, when I got married, I literally brought out a cutout board of Ronaldo to our wedding for the photo booth. You did not. That's I'm pretty dead, iconic. I'm dead serious. I, my wife actually tried to tag him in the uh, like uh, video to try and grab his attention, but um, it never happened, unfortunately. <laughs> I still Sad. have hope. But yeah, no, I'm a huge Ronaldo fan. That's amazing. And but Messi's I know you an should... amazing player. He's he's like, I think Messi's the most, I think he's the best well-rounded player. Like I think he, you can put him, um, you know, on different teams or different positions and he's always going to kill it. I just think Ronaldo would like, He's just such a killer. Like, he's just, like, he, no matter, he's been in three different leagues and an international team, and he's always performed the same. Like, that is, talk about consistency, man. That is unbelievable. It's true. And so, then Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Jordan Sir, what do day. you mean? What, what do I mean, dude? Jordan is, like, Last no, time. I was talking to jo- I was talking to Josh. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the heck? That's um, not even a question. <laughs> yeah, that's not even a question. I think LeBron's like an old like I think LeBron is obviously the, like the like look at his stats across everything. He's like the more like you know well rounded player you could say. But Jordan, man, like he was just so clutch and like just even watching the Last Dance into his mindset, like he was just such like he was so focused and like. You know, I think LeBron is like a brand. Like LeBron could do so many different things. But like Michael, it comes, it's basketball. And that's like the only thing I'm focused on. Like, I just don't think there's anyone that can, you know, touch him in regards to, you know, GOAT status. But LeBron is amazing. I definitely have him right behind Jordan. He's number two for me. Um, So that's what I would say. That makes sense. I mean, hey, I'm a huge Jordan guy myself. I absolutely take Jordan hands down. For some reason, at some point in history, I thought you were one of those LeBron guys. And so I was hoping that we'd be able to throw down right now. But the fact that we agree on it, then fair enough. (laughs) You've got three people all in agreement here. (laughs) Definitely not. On my Facebook, I'm always posted like, how can people think LeBron is better? That's just blasphemy. But it's fine. Whatever. You know, so... Well, the fact you're still using Facebook tells me everything you know. But you know what? Oh my gosh, John! <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I'm not really odd. Like, it's funny. Like, LinkedIn is probably the most active social media like I have. 
you know, which is kind of sad, but I'm not really a big like uh, social media, like active user. I don't know. I don't know why, but um, I definitely like LinkedIn though. I'll tell you that. Hey man, LinkedIn is dope. It, as you said earlier, it's actually an amazing platform it to leverage is. it. Right? It seriously is. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think cool. this was a great night. And yeah, I think as Josh said, we, we thank you for the time out and coordinating this between two different time zones. It was, it was well, well worth it. Definitely. All right, guys. Thanks. As we wrap things up today, Dalton and I wanted to give a big thanks to Jonathan for taking the time to sit down and chat with us. It's not easy coordinating meetings between two different time zones, let alone through a pandemic. So we're super grateful for him taking the time out. I know that we learned a lot and we hope it brought value to all of you as well. We look forward to being back with you in our next episode. Thank you all so much and we'll catch you later.